This episode of Robin's Podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Hyundai, makers of the all-new Hyundai Tucson, where they question everything to make the best Tucson ever. To find out the answers to all your questions and much more, visit Hyundai.com. I was flipping through the channels the other day, but there was nothing good on. I had nothing to play. So I went to my computer and realized that there was so much content before my That's right. Nothing but Netflix is here. Big end of the year holiday week and a star studded extravaganza is here on this podcast because I'm here with my co-host for Nothing But Netflix, Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. Well, when you say star studded, what exactly do you mean? Because this this movie that we're about to talk about had everybody in it. So are yeah. you telling me we have a big mega star with oh, us we, today on the podcast? Yes, I am. I am saying that. But maybe what if we were going to really try to capture that format? Maybe we should have had like, you know, 19 different hosts for this podcast. <laughs> right. You like bring in literally anybody who's mm-hmm. ever been on a podcast before and just throw them into the uh, into the rotation for no reason. That's right. Uh, that would yeah. have been the same as the movie we're talking about, Don't Look Up, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, brand new on Netflix, currently at recording time, number one on Netflix. It's not every week we're talking about the number one thing on Netflix, but here we are this week, and we have a real film expert, an honest-to-goodness a graduate of film school here with us to talk about a movie that may may get some Oscar buzz. It's Phil Thompson. Phil, how are you? Yo, what's going on, Rob? What's going on, Chappelle? It's been like so long hey. since I've talked to both you guys. You know, doing the podcast. This is really awesome. I'm having. I'm I'm so excited to talk about this. And if this is the star-studded podcast, I call being the Timothy Chalamet of yes. the, 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 the podcast. You know yes, that, that young course. hotness. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> Bringing the young people. Right, right. But does that make me the Ariana Grande? Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. Pop star. Duh. Okay. All Pop right. Star. <laughs> Hi mommy. All right. So, uh, we are here to talk about a uh, brand new Don't Look Up full spoilers of Don't Look Up coming up here this week. Of course, last week Chappelle, you and I got to talk about a holiday film, we talking about The Princess Switch 3 with Kirsten McInnes. And I uh, really I found myself thinking about Fiona and uh, Queen Maggie and Stacy all week this week. So you were just thinking about Vanessa Hudgens all week. Just all <laughs> what? week. What? Uh, what? Yeah, I mean, there were other characters mm-hmm. in the movie, Rob, but were all there? the ones you picked. Yeah. Were, I mean, not to me either. You know, she really stole the show in all mm-hmm. of the roles that she played. We got a lot of good feedback from the Princess Switch 3, Rob. I was like, oh my gosh, I really like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people said we should have did single all the way, but you know, I think it still turned out great. I thought it turned out great too. Uh, Phil, did you watch the uh, Princess Switch one, two, or three? No, I did not. Although I'm you, on Vanessa Hudgens stand. Yeah, so. you, okay. <laughs> Have you checked out Reddit slash R slash Vanessa Hudgens? I haven't. <laughs> it's a good subreddit. No, well, I mean it's popular. And yeah, so, I've never been there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you haven't uh, rated uh, any of the Princess Switch movies on Letterboxd. 
No, not yet. But if you're saying they're Christmas classics, more than a Chris, more of a Christmas classic than Don't Look Up, I, I might have to check them yeah, out. Yeah, this wasn't really a holiday film, right, Chappelle? <laughs> no, there was not one Christmas tree in sight, which is sad because that's all it takes to be a holiday film these days. Mm-hmm. I, I've been reading up on that. And I mean, if you have a Christmas scene, then your movie can be considered a holiday film. And this is just not one of those. Okay. Phil. Can you just uh, give a, a little bit of your bona fides to the listeners of the Nothing But Netflix podcast? How many movies have you rated on Letterboxd? Uh, movies I have rated on Letterboxd. Let me see. I have, well, I've logged a little over 3,000 altogether. I think probably <laughs> the ones <laughs> I've actually like reviewed probably is only like, a, you know, 2000 or something like that. Yeah. Um, um, I kind of have no life just so you know, for all the listeners who already know I have no life. Okay. This is all I do. <laughs> and have you rated don't look up? I have rated don't look up. I actually just re-rated it from my original rating. Oh, you changed it. <laughs> I changed it. Yeah. Yeah. Chappelle, would you rather know Phil's rating for the movie now or at the end of the podcast? Oh, man, I I, I don't like surprises and I don't like suspense. I really want to know right now. But if if you think it'd be better podcasting, I can wait. Phil, what what is your rating of Don't Look Up going into this podcast? So when I first saw the movie, you know, I, 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 my opinion on it is that, you know, I, I agree with the sentiment of the film, um, but I kind of thought it was a little bit mediocre. I gave it two and a half, but the more and more I sat with it, I was of four or for five? podcast. Oh, oh, out of five. Sorry. Okay, yeah, out of, out of five. five. Two okay. and a half out of five. And then the, the more I was sitting with it and I was rewatching some, some scenes from it to prep for the podcast and I was really thinking about it. And, you know, I can't be too mad at it you know, because I... Ultimately, I agree with the angry sentiment that the film has. So I upped it to a three, you know, kind of in the middle of the road. Not not the greatest movie, but also, you know, I can't knock it for really trying to, you know, go for something and really trying to actually, you know, push people and try to say something, you know? Okay, let's just give the plot because I think some people might not watch the movie and just listen to the podcast. But the long story short is that so. Jennifer Lawrence is a PhD candidate in astronomy. Well, I don't know. Something, something space science, right? Chappelle. Yes, exactly. And yeah, mm-hmm. she's the middling state school, you know, yeah. uh, Michigan state, right? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. She sees, a, she finds a comet. Uh, they're all excited. to find out that the comet is on a, a collision course with the earth. Uh, she tells her professor, uh, a sort of rough around the edges, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. They take this information to the government that has sort of a uh, meh response about it. They do not seem too alarmed at the news that the comet, which is bigger than the uh, asteroid that took out the dinosaurs, is going to destroy the Earth in six months. And so nobody really wants to deal with this news throughout the film. Uh, Specifically, we see a lot of uh, missteps from uh, President Meryl Streep, which on paper sounds great. Uh, It turns out not so hot in uh, this film. Her administration and its response, uh, they fumble the bag, Chappelle. Yeah. I mean, let's be very clear. The movie is about a global disaster that the world cannot agree to take seriously. 
mm-hmm. you know, they're like, people, he- people heard about it. People saw it with their own eyes and they said, you know what? I don't know about that. I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. We might go a different direction. Maybe I want to plan for seven months, you know, from now instead of six months when we're all going to die. Maybe I'm going to buy groceries like nothing's happening. Maybe I'm going to make jokes about it. Maybe let's go viral. Let's do some tweets, some TikToks, you know, a couple challenges. But let's not take this global disaster seriously. That is the movie. Mm-hmm. And they beat you over the head with it. And I think that's why it's kind of like if it was super clever and maybe not as overt, you, you know, maybe you could get more stars uh, from someone get like more Phil. More I'm saying, no, not more celebrities. Oh. More like ratings, you know, oh. higher ratings. <laughs> yes. What I'm <laughs> we're saying good on the is, stars. <laughs> yeah, we're good on That's stars. But stars. if you're going to rate this, Phil gave it a two and a half, but then like gave it another half for vibes. But you could probably get, you know, a good solid three if it wasn't so overt. But this is basically a PSA for what the hell are we all doing? If there's a global disaster, we all need to be on the same page and take it seriously. And so if you if you like that kind of thing right now in an age where there could be a potential global disaster going on at all times, you know, then maybe this is the movie for you. For me, I was like, this is cool. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's long. It's <laughs> it is. Yeah. Too long, long. maybe. <laughs> It's 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 very long. Uh, that this movie is uh, what, Phil. Do we know the what's the runtime here? It's like two and a half 220? hours. It's, yeah, it's too it's long. Like, it's, yeah, two twenty. Yeah, two twenty three. Mm-hmm. Too long. Too yeah. too too long. With and a post credit scene. Minutes. Yeah, I know. two post credit. Yes. Like really, two post credit <laughs> scenes. <laughs> right for re- what reason? What was the reason? <laughs> like. It was so much, but at least we got to see the the pretty people. They brought out all the celebrities, and so that was fun to watch. Official runtime on uh, Don't Mm. Look Up. Yeah, Yeah. I wasn't sent through all those credits. They had too many people to credit. Right. (laughs) Um, Directed and uh, written, I believe, by Adam McKay. Uh, Phil, uh, are you a fan of the works of Adam McKay? Yeah, well, Adam McKay is an interesting guy to me because I love his earlier work. Step Brothers, to me, is one of my favorite films of all time. I love Talladega Nights. I love Anchorman. His early comedies are great. But then he started to transition into films that are trying to be more serious and tackle more serious topics. But he kind of always has that, like, wink, wink, you know, type of like, hey, I'm smart. I know what's going on. You know, look at all these idiots in the White House and so on and so forth that can kind of be annoying and kind of cloying sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, all right, you're trying to be a little bit too clever, uh, I think. But overall, I, I like Adam McKay, and I think obviously he's a very funny and, and, and talented and definitely ambitious guy, which I, which I like. Mm-hmm. I have a confession. Yeah. Okay. Don't judge me. So I have seen all the movies that Phil has named, but I, Will Ferrell's voice is very soothing to me. And so I've fallen asleep on every last of the, one of those movies. Like it has taken me, it took me at least six times to get through Step Brothers yeah. because what? I kept falling asleep. I've seen Talladega Nights probably more times than anybody in the world, but because I can never finish it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I literally have never seen that movie from beginning to end. It's something about Will Ferrell's voice. It just puts me straight to sleep. It's like a lullaby. I don't know. It's so soulful and, and, and peaceful at the same time and chaotic it really speaks to my my core so i just have to i just have to be honest about that right now because i have no clue why i can't stay awake during those films do you think he made mm-hmm. the right decision to ditch will, will ferrell because in his later <laughs> he's films he not kinda, ta- he's not talking to will ferrell anymore 
And I fell asleep in this one too. So let's be very clear. Maybe, maybe, maybe Will Ferrell's not the problem. Maybe I'm the drama. <laughs> maybe it's Adam McKay. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh, typically I think what was, uh, was it, uh, what's the one with the basketball players? Oh, uh, semi pro. He didn't do that one. Yeah. I think he produced I, it. Yeah. But I was about to say, I stayed awake during semi-pro, but yeah, maybe it's not Will Ferrell. Maybe it's Adam McKay. Maybe he bores me to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying, I never put two or two together until now. Mm-hmm. So you think if, if, if Will Ferrell was the star of, of Don't Look Up, it, it, you, you, you would have... Well, you you think you also would have fell asleep most likely? Yeah, obviously, yeah. Well, when you say star, which role are you talking about? In the J Law role or the um, in yeah. the DiCaprio role? Mm, okay. That's a tough one. Yeah, I don't know. Could Will Ferrell give me like Michigan State professor? You know, ret- no. almost retired. No, uh, he, I don't think so. If if Will Ferrell is in this movie, uh, that he's in the Ron Perlman role. Uh, Ron Perlman <laughs> yes. has the Will Ferrell role in this movie. Ah uh, yes, so he's the one shooting at the uh, at the <laughs> comet that is plummeting to the earth. Right. Uh, <laughs> can we give you the cast list here for this film, uh, just in case. Again, uh, people are like, "Wait, what is this?" Uh, so it is Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Jonah Hill, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande. Uh, with Kate Blanchett and Meryl Streep. Am I forgetting uh, too many other luminaries? Kid Cuddy, you got Kid, Scott Kid Cuddy. Yes. yes, we love Scott. Mark Rylance. Big, he's yeah. a big theater actor, but he, he, I thought he was one of the best performances in this one too. Yeah, the yeah the tech CEO guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Lots, lots of big stars all around. I first heard of this movie a couple of weeks ago. Tyler Perry was on Jimmy Fallon, Chappelle, and mm-hmm. he was talking about his uh, new film coming up with with Leonardo DiCaprio coming to Netflix. I said, "Oh wow, this sounds this is we got to check out." Don't look up. Yeah, it sounds like a flex, right? For Tyler mm-hmm. Perry to be like, "Yeah, you know, I just casually have this role, this movie with Leo DiCaprio, you know, the Oscar winner." You know, um, transcendent talent of our time it's like oh my gosh this must be like really big for you and then you go watch it and he's basically michael strahan throughout the movie <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it's like oh well that's good for you tyler Perry. i'm very happy for you but mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure this is not what you were expecting rob yeah i i really i thought it was going to be a little bit more of a comedy to be honest mm-hmm. don't look up was it so you're saying it wasn't funny I mean, yeah, I don't think that there were too many moments. I think there were like little things where I smiled, but I feel like that overall, I did not find this to be like a super humorous film. Yeah, I I probably could agree with that. I, I think it was funny. And I don't think it was really be, supposed to be uh, that funny. It's one of those laugh through your pain type movies. Like yeah. we're laughing, but we're crying at the same time. It's like, yeah, it's funny, but also like this kind of sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm not shocked that you felt that way. Phil, how do you feel about the movie as far as the comedy goes? Yeah, it's the type of thing where it's a little bit hard to laugh at because every sentiment is kind of true. Like you're saying, Chappelle, you have to kind of laugh through the pain. For me, what the comedy kind of came through you know, some of the characters really Jonah Hill was one in particular that yeah. kind of everything he was doing made me laugh just because Jonah Hill has this particular screen presence. And I think he kind of did, you know, the president's son role, you know, pretty well, I thought, but overall, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's the type 
type of satire that it was kind of biting, you know, um, and it, it, it wasn't, wasn't really, it was hard to laugh at. Yeah. Chappelle, mm-hmm. what do you think? Uh, do you feel like that the movie uh, got things right? Did you feel like that this was sort of uh, like, uh, yeah, that's probably like how things would go if this was actually an event that was going to be uh, an impending circumstance? You're asking me that in the face of a disaster, mm. would we laugh our way all the way up until the disaster actually hits? And then we would just subtly just, you know, one by one die uh, during said disaster. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's pretty accurate based on what we've seen in the last couple of years, not to point out any glaring um, examples. But yeah, well, I think that, it's one what, of those things where do you th- feel like that was is the movie talking about like, is this an allegory? Is this global warming? Is this covid? Is this uh it could be all of them. Yeah. It could be anything because I don't think the response changes at all. I don't think there's been a universal response to anything that's ever happened, right? Like it's always partisan or political at some point. And there's never a way to pin that down to like, okay, what if the whole world agrees on this? And we'll see throughout this film that, yeah, there are some moments where these two people saw something with their eyes and they are trained scientists and, and they've studied these in their field. And one is on the way to being a doctor one is a doctor and has taught other people and has the backing of a nasa uh like a uh, higher up only to get asked like okay but which school did you go to michigan state mm, okay i guess like guess we'll ask our you know lowly scientists at harvard what they think it's like dang y'all can't just take these people word for it they gave you their credentials what else do you want mm-hmm. and so yeah throughout the film and that's on Honestly, that's on the higher level of credential. These are people who are studied and have, you know, a certain uh, pedigree about themselves that you should trust them. We're not even talking about once the media gets to talking about it. And, and you know, we see on, what is it, Jack and Brie, where it's the third most important thing on the docket mm-hmm. after uh, Kid Cudi and Ariana Grande's breakup. And, you know, I don't remember what the other one was. And so it's kind of just like, yeah. There's no universal response to these things. And if we continue to act like this when disasters are in front of us, we're going to look up and just be dead, you know, or or we're not going to look up and die, you know, whatever the moral of the story actually is. So that's what I took away from it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That moment in particular r- reminded me of, of last year. Like they announced, like NASA announced that we saw UFOs and it was this crazy thing that I read and it kind of didn't hit headlines at all because someone else, something else was more important elsewhere. And we were all on Twitter doing something else at the time. You know, we, mm-hmm. we get so caught up and distracted by everything else because we don't want to worry about the bigger stuff actually going on. Well, Phil, should yeah. we be worrying about the UFOs? Uh, I know they'll be, be fine. I think it'll, it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no they're they're gonna be harmless i think uh you know maybe you know is that just me trying to not worry about it but you know we'll be fine i'll just we'll just get brunch with them and it'll be all yeah. Be good. yeah so the <laughs> frustrating what? thing uh i for me is okay so like there is a point where they, they go to meryl streep and they say like hey this is happening they're like oh we're gonna sit on it then she has like kind of a scandal she's like all right i want to turn the page from the scandal and then i want to go back to talking about uh the the comet and everything is good and it seems like that nasa comes up with a plan which we are led to believe is going to be a successful plan they launch all of these ships they're going to blow up uh the comet with nuclear weapons leo says that there's an 80 percent chance that this is going to work now everybody's good but 
the guy who is uh, sort of like now is this a uh, Jeff Bezos? Is this Steve Jobs? Is this uh, Elon Musk? Uh, Chappelle? Yes. Who who is the Mark <laughs> Rylance character supposed to be? Jeff he's Bezos. Bezos. He's Bezos. Yeah. No, he's all of them. He's all, he's of, them. all of them. He's yeah, all he's of them. Zuckerberg too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so this, they they come out and it's like oh no 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 abort, abort the mission because we're gonna you know this thing has a lot of like uh you know precious metals on it we're gonna mine the comet and so that, <laughs> that's what we're gonna do and it really is just like uh that this combination of like the ineptitude of meryl streep's character and then also the greed of uh you know the big uh, like a uh, tech representative that really screws us over like i kind of had some faith in humanity that we got to the point where we could have uh you know blown up the comet if these two didn't fumble the bag yeah well first off the initial goal is to deflect the comet. Yeah. Right. They don't want it to yeah. hit the earth at all. They're like, we can go out there with some nukes, hit it, and it'll go in a different direction and it won't destroy us. But then when Bezos Musk, you know, Zuckerberg gets a hold of it, he's like, wait a minute. Because of my technology and my fancy algorithm, like there is progress to be made once this is all over. If we decide to use the minerals to our advantage and mine them and make a bunch of money off of them, and everybody starts saying, "Well, okay, cool." I think something that's probably underrated in this story is that you have to remember you got to get the entire world to agree with the eyes of two people, mm-hmm. and and that's honestly probably what the what the crux of this all is like these two people had to go to the president of the united states and not only have a conversation with the president something that many people can say that there's never happened to them people like millions of people will will be born and die before and never speak to a president but you're telling them they have to go speak to the president and tell the president that the world is ending in six months Mm -hmm. and get the president to believe you like I wouldn't even know what to say to the president if I met him. I have some questions about my student loan mm-hmm. payments, but you know, aside from that, I what, don't know. What do you want to ask him? Where is my damn re- like, <laughs> like? Never mind. I was like, I <laughs> never mind. I was like, well, I, Joe, I just find it funny. No, anyway. So what I'm saying is that's that's enough of a reason why you would just have like a panic attack. It's like I have to go give this news, but now you're the face of the news. You are the person who discovered, or the crazy person who believes this thing that could happen is going to happen. There have been thousands of conspiracy theories over over the decades and years or whatever, and those people who bring those up a lot of times are looked at as crazy. And so I don't think I think the like the impact of that is lost throughout the craziness of the film, because this still is the word of two people versus, you know, the government science, you know, um, Elon Musk, you know, like this, that's why it's such a hard undertaking for these people to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. I basically there's let us down again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of one of the, one of the funniest parts about the film, Rob is, is, is that as soon as the rich people, you know, find out that they're getting richer from it, as soon as the 1% finds out, Oh wait, we can actually capitalize off of this. Let's turn this whole thing around. Let's, let's restart this. No. And I, I also think that, you know, I think one of the, another one of the strongest parts of the film highlights the fact that we're all kind of living in our own heads, you know? And I, I think, you know, in the film, like, for example, there, there's there's a part where um, in the beginning of the film where um, Je- Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio are going to the White House to do a little briefing and they want to get some snacks. 
and there's a general that you know <laughs> <laughs> i think this is pretty funny the, 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 the general is like oh i can go get you some snacks and then he comes back and charges them all ten dollars and then later when jennifer lawrence tries to go buy some snacks yeah. she realizes oh wait the snacks are, have been free the whole time and she obsesses over that you know the whole time and so i, I think that's kind of one of the strongest parts about the movie is that she's just so caught up in that in her own head she doesn't want to you know, you don't want to distract yourself in any way possible. And you don't want to believe that whatever happened is actually true. And you kind of just want to get caught up in, you know, the minute stuff rather than, you know, focusing on the bigger picture stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the general moment is so funny because by the end of the film, we still don't know why he did it. You know, humans just do stuff sometimes. Like he went and got free snacks from the White House. And sold them to people as if it was like, oh yeah, this is definitely uh like this this is what ten dollars for these chips. And they even ask him, like, do you got change? He's like, Nope, I need the big bills only. You know, and then he just disappears <laughs> on them. They never hear from him again. And it's driving Jennifer Lawrence crazy because she's like, Why would you do that? We're giving you <laughs> news about this comet that's gonna destroy the earth, and you thought to rob us? Really? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, things like that are throughout the film as well. But those things are so valid because it happens. Like, I still think about this lady who cut me off the other day. I'm like, <laughs> like, lady, what is wrong with you? If you're listening to this, count your days. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I totally understand that that aspect of the film as well. And that was very funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was also thinking that would kind of be a good hustle, right? If you worked at the White House, because I feel like if you told anyone anything at the White House, they'd believe you, right? So if mm-hmm. you could just kind of show up to the White House and be like, yo, you got to give me $10, the president said, like, you could probably get away with it. If I broke into the White House, I, I, I think that would be my new <laughs> hustle, honestly. <laughs> if you broke into the White House, you would yeah, break in and then just charge people for like snacks and like the Keurig machine. All right. Well, maybe I'll try, maybe I'll change my job plan. Right. Maybe I'll try to get a political job so I can work at the White House so that I can just start charging people for snacks. And that'll be, you know, <laughs> I'll start making money that way. Yeah. A nice thought. Phil, I, I think that you watch too much Kid Nation. I think that that's something like something like Jared would have tried to pull. <laughs> I'm all in about the, the capital, store. baby. Right, right. Trying to get those those gold stars be the yeah. number one. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get uh, what, what what were those like Frontier Bucks? Is that what they had? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Frontier Bucks. I'm trying to be the the upper class. <laughs> trying to trying to raise money. Um, Bonanza Bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chappelle, are you a big Leo guy? No. Yeah, I said it. I yeah. said no. Okay. Wow. I said no with my whole chest. Yeah, Why, I did. Chappelle? And, and I don't think, listen, as many Oscar nominations as he's gotten and that one that he received, I kind of think he never outdid Gilbert Grape. Gilbert so Grape? Didn't win it for Gil- yep, wow. I said it. Little boy it, Leo, he never outdid that? Never, not even not Titanic? Once. Not once. That's the same Leo. That, look, he wakes up every day and is Jack from the Titanic and different roles in life. And then it's like, well, let's just celebrate him for being the same person at different stages in life. Like, I, when I watched The Great Gatsby, I was like, this is just Jack who came into some money. Stop it. You know, like, I don't have time <laughs> for this. I think he won for The Revenant. It was fine. Mm-hmm. It was fine. He's yeah, working fine. for it there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it was, it's been 60 years. They had to throw him something. But as far as I'm concerned, like, Leo's, he's fine. Uh, I'm not I'm not clamoring for the next Leo film. And the one that I did watch the day it came out, it was this. So that should tell you how I feel about Leonardo DiCaprio. I know I'm in the minority. I don't care. Phil, do you think that uh, Leo's f- character in this film uh, was likable? 
You know, uh, th- it was weird because when, when when this film started, I was kind of shocked that Leo was really playing his age for the first time. Like, you know, usually Leo's that playboy type, you know, and you hear in all the gossip and all, you know, he's always with the 25-year-old models and so on and so forth. And so to kind of see him in this film with, like, ch- children that are, like, adults and, like, a wife that is, like, his age, I was like, whoa, okay, Leo's, like, trying to be, like, a respectable American here, or, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And so, it it, it was kind of, I I think he was likable until, obviously, the greed got to him, and then I kind of, of course... Well, was it the greed? I don't think he really made any money. Or, I guess, you know, it it was more getting caught up in, in wanting to you know, explore, like, I guess getting caught up in life itself, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and getting well, caught up in the trappings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the <laughs> trappings of life, especially, you know, once you're kind of faced with that impending doom and it's like, Oh, I can kind of go wherever I want. So I, I, I felt him, but also of course I, he kind of play, went back into his old Leo tricks there, you know, when his like wife found out and she's throwing stuff. I'm like, all right, yeah, this is some classic Leo movie stuff right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chappelle, I thought this was like an interesting turn for the film. And I thought they actually did a like an interesting job with uh, the public's reaction to uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and to Jennifer Lawrence, where that, you know, the public just like uh, turns on Jennifer Lawrence, which is sort of like, oh, she's crazy. Uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio gets the like, oh, he's uh, the hot scientist. I want to hear like we we like him. She's crazy. Get her off the the TV. And I think that that was like uh, a very, uh, you know, a, a cute uh, hit the nail on the head in terms of like, uh, like how we will treat uh, different men and women in the media. But for Leo, then he ends up uh, getting involved with the host of the morning talk show, the daily rip uh, played by Kate Blanchett. Yes. Uh, yeah. Leo got caught up in the trappings of life. And they started with Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Um, she identified the target and said, you're coming with me, sir. And he said, okay, that's fine. Left his family and, and his, uh, his wife up. and kids. Yeah. Listen, do you think I would not leave my family for Kate Blanchett right now? Mm-hmm. I, I would up and walk out of here right now, mid podcast. And they said, come on. Why? Because I, what, what else do I have, Rob? Leo had less, much less than me. He had six months to live. And you're telling me he's like, no, Kate, I'm going to be faithful to my wife to the very end. You better call your wife and tell her you need a hall pass for a little bit. Um, and wife, honestly, didn't care. I mean, don't get me wrong. She was upset in the moment, but the two were able to bond over the fact that she cheated on him first. So look at that. Yeah. But also <laughs> like, you know, everything was ending. like, she wasn't going to meet somebody new uh, before the comet hit. Right. But I mean, but what is he going to do with his wife? I mean, his wife, they had six months left. I mean, it's like at this point, just, you gotta be up straight up. You just say like, Hey, we're about to die. Let me, let me go hang out with Kate Blanchett for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree with you. <laughs> you um, would have made that choice. It's six months. Like, just like, bruh, it's six months. Like, come on, come on. Um, but Bye, yeah, babe. I, I, I <laughs> no, I agree that, um, yeah, there's a level of course of like, patriarchy rearing his ugly head with leo being hoisted as like oh he's salt bay of this generation like of this generation mm-hmm. or he's like remember remember the cuomo sexuals when they came out of the woodwork you know like oh this, this person is so attractive that we really can't be bothered with what they actually are saying or doing um because look at them whereas jennifer lawrence who was having a human reaction to what the hell was going on she's looked at as a crazy person because she's touting these ideas of everything you hold dear is about to be gone like in 
like the drop of an O or what a blink of an eye or whatever. So yeah, that's how that happened. She became a meme and he became an uh, overnight sex symbol just from talking about science, you know? And so, yeah, th- that probably has happened more times than not in this world as well. But again, nail on the head is right there. It's spot on. Yeah, they spend a lot of time on a show called uh, The Daily Rip, uh, which is uh, co-hosted by Tyler Perry and uh, by Kate Blanchett. Uh, it appears that the show is uh, trying to be a little bit like the look and feel of Morning Joe. Uh, but I think that <laughs> The Daily Rip, uh, Chappelle, seems to have a much larger cultural footprint than Morning Joe. Yeah, that's another thing we have to track throughout the the uh, movie is that they you the daily rip is kind of like the jumping off point for whatever is social, and so they go on there, and within seconds, social media mm-hmm. is buzzing about whatever the topic is, whether it's Ariana Grande and and Kid Cudi, uh, or you know. Yeah. Basically anything but the comment. There's not no. a big <laughs> pop culture segment on uh, the Morning Joe, other than uh, did you see the Boston Red Sox uh, last night? What uh, they? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Mika, you're not going to believe. Uh, did you read uh, the New York Times editorial today? Uh, they they don't really have concerts on Morning Joe. Rob, you no. really don't think that you know all of America, all of Generation Z is just live streaming Morning Joe? Oh, I can't wait to see <laughs> what they're saying today. I, Get my hashtags yeah. ready. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, Willie, did you see this? Uh, uh, but <laughs> that, uh, so in this universe, yeah, there there is some morning TV show that every single person in the universe watches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, that's where this all the celebrities are proposing. The number and one show in America. Like yeah. 30 million people there watching The Daily Rip to hear what Tyler Perry and Kate Blanchett think about everything. Yeah. Also surprised that that's kind of where they where they had to, you know, give the break the news there. Like they really couldn't just publish it. They couldn't. They had to. Well, th- that's another. Yeah, they yeah. did publish. They went to sort of like the, the ver- right, right, this, right. You, this world's version of The New York Times. And then because they were going to drop the story, they wanted to have them go on on the daily rip to go and sort of like, uh, you know, publicize the story that was coming out. What, what do you guys think about the the movie? The movie kind of talks about like, oh, you got to get media training. You got to know how to talk to media the media. Training. <laughs> Rob, have you ever gotten or Chappelle? You guys ever gotten media training before? Is is that a a real thing? Like, what do you actually learn in, in media training? <laughs> I'm curious. Rob is Rob is the king of media, so I'll let Rob <laughs> answer this question. <laughs> yeah, uh, that no Chappelle uh, that he uh, teaches a master class on media training every week. <laughs> I do not teach that, but, um, but yeah, I, I think for me, Phil, it's kind of like, I'll say something on the podcast and I'll just gauge everybody's response. Like, did I get away with that? And then I will govern myself accordingly the following podcast. Uh, but yeah, the, the reason I keep bringing up media training is not so that you know how to speak intelligently in front of media. It's so you don't say something that's going to cause more problems for you later on, whether it's true or not. And so there's a moment where Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like, well, why can't we just tell the truth? Like we could just say that a, a comment is coming and people will listen, right? And they're like, 
oh god he's lost because mm-hmm. like you can't in the middle of like nowhere just like blurt this out and think the world is going to just be okay with it you can't just say what's on your mind all the time and think that the media is going to eat it up there there are avenues that you have to go through hoops that you got to d- jump through as well and so that's what they were talking about because you'll see they were worried about leo but they should have been worried about kate um, who is Jennifer Lawrence's character because she gets in front of the camera and just spews everything. She just spills her guts and they look at her like she's crazy. The media completely tears her apart. She becomes a hashtag. Memes are made about her. I'm sure there's a TikTok challenge about her out there. So that's probably where the media yeah. training comes in, at least in this movie. So it really seems like that uh, Leo and uh, Jennifer Lawrence, like, uh, came out and just basically like Jennifer Lawrence shows up on the TV show and she's like, we're all going to die. It's going to die. But like very quickly, like the, when the NASA scientists start working on it, they come up with a plan that is going to save the earth. Like this does not even seem like that this occurred to Leo and to Jennifer Lawrence. Um, right. Chappelle, am I, am I uh, off base on this that I feel like that have they led with like, Hey, we need to act now. Uh, there is like a, a comet that's coming, but if we take action today, we can stop it. Like I feel like that they came out and just were like, "Hey, uh, that's it. We're 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 dead." Well, they went to the president. See, this is how this is why they felt like they had to act like that. They go to the president. Meryl Streep's kind of bored, not even really listening to them. Like, oh, you discovered um, some stars. Okay, that's cool. And they're like, no, we found a comet. She's like, oh, that's nice for you. I, I really like that for you. They're like, yeah, but it's coming to the earth. They say, oh, okay, is that going to be a problem? Yes, it is going to be catastrophic. Mm, how catastrophic? A hundred percent. Really? A hundred? Okay, like 98 percent. 98, maybe about 70. What? 70? <laughs> you know, like, so from there, when they fill out the president is just completely not giving them any play. That's when they're like, we got to go leak it because the president's advice to them was we're going to just sit tight and assess. Sit if someone yeah. tells you there, yeah, there are six months left, six months and 14 days. And they're like, okay, but for these first few days, we're just going to wait. We're not going to actually do anything. We hear your data. We hear, we hear that you've already assessed things, but we're going to assess them again just to be sure that we're doing something when we want to do it, or at least when it's beneficial for this presidential election that's coming up. Mm -hmm. And so because midterms is coming up, they really don't want to rock the boat. And so I think that's why Jennifer Lawrence feels like they just have to start yelling at the top of their lungs that we're all going to die. Because if you leave it to the president, it looks like we might. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I also think that, you know, with with, with the movie, the movie at large is is very distressing, much like, you know, Jennifer Lawrence is screeching in the at the show. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I I feel like the the film is almost kind of trying to act like and and I think Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio also in the scene are trying to, you know, give a a, a distressing call to action, because I think if they just said or if Adam McKay said, all right, the world's bad, but we got it. We, we can fix it. We can fix it. We got the answer. Then I feel like all of us people, you know, would just kind of be like, all right, cool. They all got it handled. They got it bagged. I'm just going to go keep doing, doing my thing. You know, I'm going to just do my podcast mm-hmm. rather than being like, all right, I got to wake up and I got to, I got to, you know, go do whatever. So I, I feel like they kind of went hand in hand to kind of, you know, again, wake people up. This mo- The movie's like shaking you, rattling you, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But can I ask a question that might make me sound like a total idiot? Like, uh, and I, I get that. Like, okay, there are like uh, serious things that need to be taken more seriously. But like, w- what am I supposed to be doing differently? Yeah. Yeah. There's no call to action here for the, the public except to maybe get 
you know, some more buzz about this thing. Uh, I have been in a situation before and I won't get into it too much to where we where we saw an injustice happening and, and we felt like uh, nobody was paying attention of it, to it. So we got on the internet and we like repost and repost and repost, but that's all we could do is get it, get the, like the news going about it. And then the news got going about it and then they looked into it and they found out we were right. But it took all of that. And so I think what Jennifer Lawrence is trying to do is, well, what the president is definitely not trying to do, is trying to let people know that this is a very serious thing in a world where everyone is not taking it seriously. Like, there's a point where even they just point blank say it. They, they just come out and say, like, hey, based on the data and the science that we've done, it, it does not look good. The comet is coming and it's going to be huge and it's going to hit the earth. And like Michael Strahan, I'm sorry, Tyler Perry playing Michael <laughs> Strahan, basically, it's just like... Yeah, but with the comment hit my ex-wife's house, like, yeah, it's going to hit everyone's house. It's going to kill us all. It's like, yeah, but my ex-wife, like, can we get rid of her, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> wives, don't you hate them? And everybody's laughing. Kate Blanchett's like, oh, you're so crazy. It's like, no, no, seriously, seriously, it's going to hit your ex-wife's house in your house and all of us are going to die. And they're like, well, that's morbid. We like to keep it light here. It's like, no, 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 no. We want you to take this seriously so that maybe the higher ups will take it seriously too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rob, I actually, I, I, yeah, I think you're right on that too, that, you know, there's not that much that we can do anymore. And I think that's also, yeah, you, you, that's what's kind of dooming about the whole movie, right? Is, is, is that it's really just up to the one, the lawmakers, you know, the, the billionaires to really do something about it. But of course they're not because they're going to just be richer. So we're screwed. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? It is kind of just that shriek up to the gods in the hope that something will change, but nothing will, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by the gods, we mean powerful white people. Right. Like capitalism, (laughs) capitalism has us in a blender and all you can do is like really hope that like the people who don't have bigger things at stake, like a president running for their election or midterm elections or whatever, or Jeff Bezos slash Zuckerberg slash, you know, whatever. Like we all have to hope that they care a little bit about us to where they'll put money into our cause that will keep us alive and not money in their cause that will allow them to have a phone that will unlock, you know, just by you sneezing, you know, or something like that. And I, I should felt, you know, it's probably like uh, the scary thing is that, you know, the space billionaires are uh, seemingly like working on an escape plan. And as like, we'll see at the end of the movie that it's sort of like for uh, the uh, uh, Peter uh, Bash, um, you know, CEO that it was like, okay, uh, I got this plan. Well, if it doesn't work out, like I have the contingency plan that, you know, I, I have a way out if necessary. And boy, these space billionaires, Chappelle, are working pretty hard on all these rocket ships. Right. And it's like if they weren't focusing so much on rocket ships, how much could they focus into the actual world and saving us? Mm-hmm. You know, like they they put half their efforts into that and they made sure they shaved they saved efforts to free themselves. I think they said they, they could see two thousand people and find the first near Earth like uh planet to go inhabit. And it's like on, on the one hand, you're like, Yeah, that's crazy. On the other hand, it's like yeah, it's crazy and it's probably happening. Like we can't, I can't guarantee it, but if I could build a spaceship, why would you think I wasn't going to build a spaceship to get the hell out of here yeah. if things got tough? Um, I do like that when they asked Leonardo DiCaprio's character, like, do you want to come with us? Like, uh, it turns out you're right. And the world's about to end and you got a few minutes to get on the, the spaceship. Why don't you come with? And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. Because if you think about it, 
I'm sure he'd like to save his life, but you got to go live with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just my time. So, Phil, that was a pretty wild epilogue to the film where we uh, see the only thing that gets out from, uh, oh, yeah, uh, spoiler alert, uh, the comet strikes the earth and kills everybody except for Jonah Hill, apparently. And so <laughs> they, uh, the space, that basically uh, the space billionaire. Uh, and Meryl Streep and I guess a, a bunch of other people, they managed to escape. They get out. I, I kind of thought that then they were going to like be like getting away and then a piece of debris was going to hit the ship and then uh, it's going to explode. But they, <laughs> they, they make it away. And then we see 22,500 years later, they <laughs> arrive at a uh, hospitable uh, planet, seemingly. And uh, they get there. And for all of that, then some uh, giant ostrich starts eating them. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was honestly, you know, I, I, I'm, I thought that was a pretty good epilogue, honestly, just yeah. because it, it was true. I, I, I like the fact that they did make it onto the planet. You know what I mean? That it is that is what would happen, you know, and then, of course, they can't foresee whatever i don't know I, I was thinking a little bit about you know what is elon musk's escape plan i'm really trying to figure out who's on his who's on his flight list you know who's on you know who, how how is he going to do it I, I, that, that's something I, I was really thinking about i don't know if you guys know or have any ideas of who's of on his elon guest musk. list yeah who's on Ooh. elon musk's guest list mm, I don't know. this is good i don't know what, what do you think anybody from this movie would be on the guest list or have they just stricken themselves from the guest list by being in this movie you know, I, I feel like I, if anyone in this movie was would be on the guest list, I, I, I would gotta say Tyler Perry, right? You know, he's pretty rich, and you think he he might be kind of buddy buddy with with Elon Musk. You know, I think he he's probably the richest person in the, in the cast. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he he'd make it on. You know, I'm sure you got to get at least a couple of black people, you know, to repopulate the earth. You know, try to you know. So I think I think Tyler Perry. <laughs> no, you think he'd be the one to make it out. Nah, nah. <laughs> I mean, he might, he might also bring, if he, if, you know, if he was dating Grimes, you know, he might also, you know, bring Ariana Grande, get some pop stars in there. You know, that's also possible. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think Meryl Streep would make the trip? I, just, I for me, I feel like if you're going to go inhabit a planet, you got to bring Meryl Streep because who's going to be the most entertaining person there. I mean, she's, she's an icon. Mm-hmm. You, you leave Meryl Streep to, uh, behind to die. I just couldn't. Sorry. Yeah. Chappelle, uh, we haven't talked a lot about her character, President Orlean. Uh, that, again, now when you cast Meryl Streep to be the president in the movie, we said, oh, like, okay, Meryl Streep is the president. Uh, this went in a completely different direction uh, than I had anticipated when you have a President Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. So Meryl Streep in this film is playing a the president the the current president who is being um she's dealing with a lot of scandal because mm-hmm. there's like some some sexual misconduct going on <laughs> right she's, she's she's very concerned with like she sent what some the- illicit photos. She sent some illicit photos, received illicit photos, and she's trying to get a guy nominated who she might be having an affair with. But also that I think he was a nude model at one point and got aroused or engorged during the nude modeling while he was mm-hmm. on campus. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of controversy surrounding Meryl Streep's character. Um, but she is she is like uh, marketed as the the hot president. 
Uh, I believe mm-hmm. Jonah Hill called his mom um, a smoking president you would smoke with that you wouldn't mind seeing on Playboy. I yes. believe that was yes. how he uh, credited her in the, in the film. And he's her son and also seemingly her chief of staff. Right. Some nepotism that we've never seen before mm-hmm. um, happening in this film. Yeah. Where people just hire someone that they're related to, probably their son, to do their political biddings for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, the Meryl Streep character uh, was was wild uh, that she smokes uh, and she was hiding it. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, imagine we had like a president that was just like uh, smoking cigarettes. We mm-hmm. love it, I think, because, of course, you know, <laughs> they keep it real. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's relatable. Oh, hey, I smoke, too. Uh, I, I was kind of when I went into the movie and obviously, you know, you see the parallels between Meryl Streep and who Meryl Streep is playing. I, I thought she was going to do like some kind of imitation or something like that. Um, but I, I'm actually kind of glad she didn't. She was kind of doing her own thing. I feel like if Meryl Streep was the president or. No, because of course Meryl Streep wouldn't do any of that. But I, I think she kind of played it, still kind of played it a little bit true to kind of how she acts. You know what I mean? Not, not in terms of her politics, but just in terms of her, you know, the way she, you know, you know, the way she kind of doesn't really care. And she, you know, her high status and so on. Uh, I, I kind of mm-hmm. thought I like that she didn't just do an imitation of you know the president who kind of was the the parallel, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's one of those things where. Yeah, she was cool. She was the cool president. Like nothing could nothing shook her at any point. You know, she's kind of like, oh, asteroid, cool. Well, look, I got things going on as well. Y'all <laughs> let me know when y'all figure that out. You the know, timing, like, the timing of this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. this is not this doesn't work for Meryl Streep. And uh, you know, if I would live in a Meryl Streep America, so I take it. But um, yeah, she was great in this film. I enjoyed her a lot. Yeah. And in fairness to President Orlean, like they they had the plan. Uh, the, seemingly this was going to work, uh, and it's not until uh, the big tech gets involved that basically like tells her she has to stop. But I mean that uh, that she was not quick to act, but she got the plan going. They were going to mm-hmm. stop this thing. They were going to stop this thing, but you know, big tech. Yeah, greed. Greed gets in, the, in in front of everything, especially for presidents that care a lot about money and money more than, you know, the people who live in their country, you know, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like that. She owed it too much to bash that uh, she had to do it. I mean, I think she probably would have been better off. I mean, uh, definitely would have been better off uh, and, and as would uh, the citizens of the earth had uh she just gone it alone and stuck with the with the plan as opposed to you know calling everything off after they already launched the rockets yeah but would she have gotten reelected you know I, like, look, that was you what- once you once you <laughs> save the earth from a comet yeah i mean her approval rating was at 99% Chappelle. Hindsight is twenty twenty. She could not have known that she would have gotten that kind of feedback all she was looking at was the data she said look us midterms we don't want to lose uh any like of our representatives in these moments we can't polarize the world by saying that we're going to blow up um but then she had the scandal and then the scandal happens and she's on the ropes and she's like oh god no what do i do and so yeah big tech is there and she needs to swing these votes back in her direction and so she had to she had to make some sacrifices did it work out in the long term for her Actually, a little bit. Yeah. Years and years, years and years and years go by. And she is one of the lone survivors. But eventually she does get her come up. It's on the new planet that they go on when the ostriches attack. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the short term, 
she was fine. You know, it worked out for Meryl Streep. So I'm going to extend her some grace. Meryl Streep, the actress, um, this president <laughs> was trash, but the actress is uh, an icon, and I have to, I have to show love when I can. Yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about her son, played by Jonah Hill. Uh, Phil, I, I have to agree that uh, he was a really hilarious, uh, far and away the funniest character in the film. Yeah, whenever he was like shaking his like kale smoothie, like er, er, just all the little bits he was doing, like the, the way he carried himself, the way he was always kind of just annoyed by anything that Jennifer Lawrence said. Like he, Jonah Hill is hilarious to me, and I, I think this honestly, even though it was just a pr- purely comedic performance, like I think it is also one of his funniest you know roles ever. I think. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, he's got super bad. He's got he's got some good roles, but I mean, here he just did what he needed to do. And, you know, I think I always like there were so many parts of the movie that did, you know, really kind of annoy me, unfortunately. Yeah. But when I could always trust Jonah Hill, I could all whenever they cut to Jonah, I knew he was doing something funny and it would always kind of lighten the mood, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he he was he was cooking in a way that I've seen people do in politics, you know, to where like you're trying to tell them something important and they're basically making a personal attack at you throughout your conversation. Because <laughs> there's moments where Kate, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character, is trying to explain what's going on, and um, Leonardo DiCaprio is right there. And before they can even get through their sentence, Johnny Hill's like, "Oh my God, why do you talk like that? Like, why are you breathing like this? Because you're so breathy." He's like, "I'm trying to get across to you the magnitude of what's going on." Yeah, but do you have to do it like that? That. you're like, stressing so me out bored. right oh my gosh i'm so bored like mom can you can you believe this you know so <laughs> there, there are a few good moments I, I do like jonah hill in this role it felt like jonah hill wasn't acting you know and i think that's when he's at his best when it feels like you just I walked into a room jonah hill was there and he's just being the funny guy that he is Chappelle, did you feel bad for him at the end of the film when his mom uh left the planet without him no his mom sucks and so mm-hmm. uh yeah like yeah, do I feel bad that Jonah Hill's the lone survivor of the apocalypse? I don't know. Like, I mean, you could be dead, you know. So, mm-hmm. is that better or worse? Right? Like, you could have just died in the rubble. Then would I be like, you know, do you feel bad about Jonah Hill? Uh, so, no, didn't feel bad at all. I love that his reaction was like, "Mom, where are you at?" Like, yeah, she definitely left you. Um, but now he can repopulate the earth with um, I don't know, with himself. I don't think you can repopulate the earth if you're one deep. So mm-hmm. that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the, the that Jonah Hill ending. I, I thought it was so strong, just just because that's kind of how you know a lot of the, the American people who you know follow the president who can follow the president blindly. You know what I mean? And always because you know because Jonah Hill's entire character, you know everything he did be, was based off of his trust in his mom because he knew his mom would always give him whatever he wanted. You know what I mean? And he always knew that like, if I trust my mom's, you know, you know, whatever blind arrogance, it's always going to, it's always going to deliver for me and it's always going to work out in the end. So in the end, of course the president, this president is very selfish and she kind of just did whatever she wanted to do without caring about anybody else in her, in her way. And, you know, he suffered for it. And I think that's kind of, that was a really strong point to kind of see people on the other side who, you know, follow the president and, you know, believe that they trust their president and the president's always going to do the right thing for them. But the president doesn't really care because the president is a greedy person who is just very self-interested. Uh, and I, I did, I felt bad for him. And I thought Jonah Hill kind of sold that, that part. Well, I thought. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. I think it ties into the title of the film, uh, which is uh, Don't Look Up. Uh, we get to sort of like uh, three quarters of the way through uh, that they can start to, they can now see the comet. 
uh, and uh, you know uh, Leonardo DiCaprio like tries to like uh, you know rally people say like look just look up in the sky you'll see you'll see the thing uh, I, I didn't really get that people are not thinking like that there's some talk of like is the comet a hoax uh, that there is like a lot of people that just want to like the rallying cry becomes like don't don't look up uh, don't don't look at the comet uh, if you don't look at it uh, it's it's not real. Uh, Chappelle, did did you think that that uh, held water? I don't I don't think it's don't look at it because it's not real. It's more like these people that want you to look at it are trying to scare you. Like, yes, it's there. We acknowledge that it's there. We said it was coming, but we're going to blow it up. So why are you looking up at it? Why? What are you so afraid of? We got you. We tell you we're going to blow it up. We're going to mine it. We're going to have a bunch of money. Everything's going to be fine. This crazy person is telling you to look up and be afraid. We're telling you, ignore that. Mm-hmm. Don't take don't take necessary precautions. Don't don't start to panic. Actually, just just don't look up. If you don't look up, you can sleep at night. Everything's going to be fine. But the moment you look up, you're going to see it and your legs are going to start to shake and you're going to start to question things. Don't question things. Just do as we tell you. Don't look up. And so, yeah, that becomes a rallying cry for the opposition to the science. You know, the science is saying like, no, no, look up. The government is ignoring this big glaring comet, like fiery bat- mass of whatever gas and shit that's going to come cr- like plummeting into the earth and kill everybody. And like the opposition is saying or or ignore it. People could die. That's it. That's all they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, I think uh, <laughs> that is the point of the movie or at least, you know, the turning point in the film where you realize like, oh, OK, this is what this is about. Yeah, it seems like the, uh, it gets a little convoluted on that the you know the political messaging becomes like then you know the, that uh, one party is in favor of the jobs that are going to come because of uh, the mining of the comet, and that seems like that that's uh, where you know they they feel really good the people that aren't going to look up at the comet, but it just seemed like. Uh, it felt like a stretch to me uh, as like the, the part of the movie where it's sort of like, okay, you know, that they've uh, messed up with the rockets that are going to blow it out of the sky to when the comet hits. Like, I, I felt like that some of the stuff at the, in the second half of the film, I think it starts to become, it's become uh, more and more of a stretch. I don't know. I don't know. So here's, here, how about this Rob? <laughs> um, if I told you the Olympics is coming to your neighborhood. Okay. Me, if Chappelle told you that, not the government, Chappelle, that the Olympics is coming to your neighborhood and it's going to suck. Like it's going to destroy the infrastructure around your house and your home or whatever. And I know this because I was there. I was in the room when the Olympic people were talking about it. Trust me, Rob, I got this. Just listen to me. They're about to do this and this is not a good idea. and You should not support it. You'll go, okay, Chappelle. And then everybody else from that point on is telling you, the Olympics is coming. It's going to be great. It's building a bunch of jobs. Like everything's going to be amazing. And the infrastructure is not going to suffer at all. Trust me on this one. Don't listen to Chappelle. He doesn't know what he's talking about, mm-hmm. even though he was in the room and he saw everything with his eyes. Like, don't listen to him. Just don't do it. And everything's going to be fine. He's like, well, do I listen to everybody? Mm-hmm. Or do I listen to Chappelle? I, I like Chappelle enough. Yeah, I, I listen he's to a, Chappelle. He, I mean, but most people would not. And mm-hmm. I and I implore them to not as well, you know, like don't listen to me in life. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that's the argument here. It's one of those things where I'm telling you one thing, 
And I'm telling you, without a shadow of a doubt, this thing is going to happen. And from our point of view, the watchers of the movie, we could see that, yes, they are telling the truth and we have no reason not to believe them. But from other people's point of view, they're like, mm-hmm. okay, but I'm getting mixed messages here. And yeah. the mixed messages make me feel a little bit better. You know, I can sleep at night knowing that, okay, if the, infra- the infrastructure is not going to be messed up, Chappelle doesn't know what he's talking about. Also, look at all the jobs. Look at all the money. Why are you trying to make this a big deal Like when it doesn't have to be? It's just the Olympics. you know. And that happens, Rob, in real life. Like The Olympics go to different countries and just destroy them. Like They build these big monuments and tear like all this stuff, and then they just leave it there. Uh-huh. Um, and then people like... like I know in Greece, the refugees are still living inside of the Olympics like facilities from the last time the Olympics was over there in Athens. Yeah. Um, just just because, you know, like, and there are certain cities that don't have any business having the Olympics. Like, we've had, like, countries with the Olympics where there's wa- the water isn't even, even clean, you know? And it's like, and the water's not clean, not because of the country, but because there's no infrastructure to keep the water clean with all the Olympic people coming. But they do it every year. It happens. Well, every four years. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, every time it happens, it happens. And people talk about smog and all this other stuff. And what do we keep doing? We keep Olympiaing. Look, you know, so (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) it happens. (laughs) Look, that uh, you don't have to convince me to shut it down. Uh, Look, some of my my other co-hosts might not agree, but yeah, Uh, that's that's a big waste of everybody's time, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not anti-Olympics. I'm just saying there Mm -hmm. are things that happen in the world where, yeah, it seems like it'd be a no-brainer, but at the same time, there are reasons why you would say, well. It's not so bad or mm, things could be worse. And so people overlook them. That's mm-hmm. all I'm trying to say. Yeah. On that point, uh, I think that kind of, that, that's kind of something I'm struggling with, with the movie or just like with like a lot of Adam McKay's movie, but especially this one, I kind of don't know if it's like empathetic towards the American people or if it's really just like looking down at how stupid a lot of American people can be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's really like kind of showing the other side of like, you know, this is, listen, I understand like this is, we, we people need jobs, people, and I'm, you know, uh, people need jobs, they want jobs, and you know, they kind of want to see the positive side of things, but also is the film just really saying like, look, we're all sheep and look how, look how idiotic we can be at times. You know what I mean? And that's something I kind of don't really know, you know? Yeah. And I look, Mm. I I think that there's plenty of evidence to support that, uh, you know, that uh, not everybody is making uh, the best decisions possible at at all times that I think that what the movie, I feel like that doesn't get like, I, I feel like that if there was just one problem like I, I feel like uh, almost in the movie, like when they first announced, okay, the comet is coming, uh, it's going to get us. Everybody gets on board with the plan. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take out the comet. Um, when there's just one thing that we're working on, like I feel like that we can handle that. It's when we have, as we have, like in our world where there are, you know, fifteen to twenty uh, things that feel like catastrophic uh issues that we're dealing with at the same time that i feel like that people kind of could get paralyzed about like well i don't know what i can do about any of this uh i'm just going to go about my day-to-day thing where if there was just one thing that we were dealing with that maybe we could focus on that one problem yeah I mean, that's just the world we live in. You know, what's catastrophic for you might not be catastrophic for me. You know, I just went on a whole Mm -hmm. rant about the Olympics, but I mean, I've never been affected by the Olympics and how, you know, those, that, that process is damaging to certain countries. Um, but 
those people in those countries really care about that, you know, or at least they should. Um, and so it's like, yeah, that's catastrophic to them. So it's kind of like, can I focus on that when y'all are trying to come knock down, you know, something that's very important to me or to y'all are coming to up, uproot my livelihood right now. And you're telling me six months from now, the world is going to blow up. Like, well, what, what about today? You know, how, where am I going to eat today? Um, and there's a lot of, um, emphasis put on you know what what the government is doing here but you see that the uh, people the citizens have nothing that they can do like we're just mm-hmm. helpless we're just kind of just like down here at the mercy of people I hope our leaders like, make the right decision right it's like you tell me a comment's coming i'm like oh thank god i'm batman mm-hmm. i got this figured out you know like <laughs> like hold my cape i'm on the way right you know it's like uh I, you know what, what what can we do well and i guess that maybe like uh what the deeper message of the film is like that because that we want to be entertained and we want everything to be like uh positive and you know uh glib and uh and fun Maybe we shouldn't be looking for that from our leaders. Uh, maybe we should be uh, not necessarily, you know, trying to elect people that are the most entertaining that are going to uh, be interesting. And maybe there are boring people that will make more sensible decisions that we should be looking at to be putting into elected roles and not this most like hyperbolic, uh, fiery personalities. Oh, so like. TV hosts probably shouldn't be put in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, people, maybe what? that's a good idea. Yeah, right. Maybe. And not just I TV think, hosts, but people who are like on, you know, yeah. uh, you know, performative on social media and like uh, mm-hmm. people that are like chasing clout all the time. Like uh, the, yeah. they're probably like the best leaders are probably not necessarily the people that are set up to best perform in like our current like uh, infrastructure. It's one of those just the facts thing. Like, mm-hmm. I want the person who is going to give me everything. Tell me all the facts. Leave your opinion out of it. Your personal agenda. Your, like, I, don't tap dance for me. Don't dance. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want a joke. Tell me. Give me the data. Tell mm-hmm. me what it is and make it and explain it to me like I'm three because I'm dumb and I don't understand stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. And I mean, just the other day, Rob, I see, I saw a, a clip of the, uh, healthcare workers like singing and dancing they're doing like a thing on the on some talk show and i was and people were in the comments like people are dying i'm like yes but should those people not dance it's like eh, i mean they can right like <laughs> joe biden decided like they they need to dance it's like okay like let them dance but at the same time like you're the president people are dying also these loans could you get back to these loans so i think there's like a threshold where it's like i can only take so much joking until my livelihood is threatened and then it's like at that at that point there's no more joking and that threshold is different from for every person you know and so some people can laugh and joke at some of the performative aspects of life when it comes to these dire situations but some people do not have that luxury and i think your mileage may vary yeah Absolutely. I also just think that, you know, I think another part of the film that you kind of just touched on, Rob, that I now I'm thinking about is just like how much, you know, television and social media has just changed politics in a way we don't even we can't fully comprehend or understand yet. You know what I mean? Because we just see people on TV as these TV characters or or, or whatever, rather than them act they're they're rather than looking at their real ideals and, and you know what they're actually saying we just kind of see them as okay i i kind of like this guy's energy or or whatever and i, I don't i don't like the way that she yelled on this tv show so i don't actually like her you know what i mean it, yeah mm-hmm. i don't know 
Yeah. And, and, those, and those analytics are being tra- like tracked. Like people can tell you with like, oh yeah, you're saying the right thing, but people just don't like it coming from you. And so we're going <laughs> to spice it up. And that's been going on forever. Um, you know, like even certain musical acts in the past, you know, like it's like, okay, yes, you are a talented singer, but no one's going to buy an album with you on the front. So we're going to put somebody else on the front of the album so that they buy the album. It's like that kind of thing has been going on forever. And this movie does highlight it in that way. They don't talk about, you know, like, that specific example, but they definitely give you like the, yeah, this is person from science, but, but are they hot? You know, it's like this person is the president. Yeah. But like, would she be in playboy? Maybe. Right. <laughs> Does she smoke? You know, like, it's like, yeah. yeah, but are they actually good at their job? Or are they actually talking about what they should be talking about? Are they speaking intelligently? Maybe not. Who knows? Bill, I have a question for you uh, about the cast of this film. And what I want to know from you, and this is a little bit of a hot button question, okay? So yeah. that mm. you can you can pass to Chappelle if you want. Um, How dare you? Why is Timothy Chalamet in this movie? <laughs> yeah, see, that's something that I was also thinking about because I forgot, like, I saw his name in the beginning of the movie and I heard he was going to be in it, but then I kind of forgot that he was going to be in it until, like, the second half of the movie where he kind of just, like, pops up. And, you know, he has, he kind of ends up having a little bit of a substantial role, especially for Jennifer Lawrence's character at the end, but I was kind of just hey, like, does he? I mean, I guess for him, he, he kind of serves that, he adds to her character at the end of, like, this is what I want out of my life at the end, which I don't know if I fully, you know, love that part of the movie, honestly. Um, but I, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of like a small little role for him that I was like, why, why are you in this movie? Like, what are you actually doing in here, man? Like, and I guess it's just because they wanted to jam pack it with a star studded cast, you know, again, mm-hmm. keeping it light, you know, yeah. for the heavy stuff or whatever. But yeah, I, I did do not really know why he was in it. I guess he just did it because you know, he's in a movie. He gets to be in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and he gets to kiss Jennifer Lawrence. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I kind of honestly thought that it, he, it could have gone to somebody else or it, it just felt very distracting at times. You know, I don't know if you guys agree. I mean, the man has five Critics' Choice Movie Awards, okay? Four Screen Actors Guild Awards, okay? He's an Academy Award-nominated actor. If he wants to do this film, he can do this film, Rob. I take offense that you even asked that question. <laughs> okay, I, I just feel like that his no, people are like, oh, Timothy, you gotta be, you gotta be in in this movie. Leo's in He's it. A Jennifer Lawrence talent. is in it. Meryl Streep Timothy is Chalamet. in it. Oh my God, this is disrespectful. Timothy Chalamet is a transcendent talent and he shall be able to take the roles that he sees fit. If you don't think Timothy Chalamet changed the game in his role as whatever this guy's name is, then I just can't agree <laughs> with you. Okay? Not I can't Kwan. agree with you. Yeah, Yule. Yule was his name. He prayed at the end. It was a very touching moment. He really stole the show for the 32 minutes that he was in it. So, I don't know. The implication of Timothy Chalamet not supposed to be in this role is just something that I won't stand by. Sorry. Mm-hmm. The I, thing can't, is, Chappelle, I can't let you have it. The thing is, I, I, I see you, but also as soon as Timothy Chalamet walked on set and he saw the wig he was going to have, I think then okay. he should have walked off. You he know what I mean? Off. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> look, look, I don't know I, what the hair piece was. <laughs> Honestly, I'm looking at Tyler Perry for that one. See, like uh, Tyler Perry is famously just destroyed black people's hair in all of his <laughs> movies. He, he will snatch, he will put a raggedy wig on literally any person. And so I think he, uh, Chalamet got Tyler Perry in this film because <laughs> you're right, that wig was 
horrible. Mm, he just yeah. did the, the cornrow wig, wig that he gave Shamar Moore in that one Medea movie. Like, I just, <laughs> at this point, just throw a wig on anybody and just call it a day. Mm. Um, so I, I agree with you. Maybe Chalamet should have at least written into his contract that he wouldn't look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the other casting that I feel like is a little jarring. Okay. Ariana Grande as basically Ariana Grande. Uh, Chappelle, why, why didn't Ariana Grande just play herself in the movie? Because Ariana Grande is not as vapid and shallow as this character is. Chalamet. So she was acting as, as Chalamet as this character is. Yes. Yeah, so this is a caricature of what a, a pop star with some influence would be in these roles, right? So yeah, all her character is is just a a venue to distract everybody from what's really important. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're so obsessed with this relationship between Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi that we cannot see the the big, huge comet plummeting but towards the she earth. She could have been like, we get it. It's a joke. It's satire. She could have, she could have played herself. I don't think so because she gets enough. Yeah, she gets enough bad press. Like, let her call this acting, you know? I mean, uh, I'm fine with that. Phil, was there, is there a big difference between uh, Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi in this movie and Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson in real life? Yeah, that's the thing. That was kind of the parallel I was thinking about. The way that, oh, you Chappelle, know, when Chappelle Pete Davidson... Chappelle can't, can't close his mouth. <laughs> if I, I cannot sit here and let you ever compare anything Kid Cudi has done to Pete Davidson. Let's be very mm-hmm. clear. <laughs> I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, the world did kind of, you know, everything kind of stopped. You know, the, it was like the Matrix when, you know, when Neo stopped the bullets. Everyone froze in their tracks <laughs> right. when, when, you know, they broke up. So when Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande broke up. So that, that was an understandable parallel. I honestly thought maybe what if Kid Cudi just played himself? Because Kid Cudi to me was kind of just Kid Cudi. I don't know what I could I could see your argument, Chappelle, with Ariana Grande, where she's kind of, you know, dumbing herself down a little bit to play a more vapid pop star. But Kid Cudi to me was kind of just doing the mm, Don't you do that. (laughs) Don't you? See, I didn't know I was going to get attacked here. Kid Cudi's first of all, if if Kid Cudi hums throughout a film, you just let him hum. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, That's what he's good at. That is his his lane and we love it for him. But no, I didn't think he was playing himself because Kid Cudi, we know, he, he minds his own business. He's a very happy individual. We don't see him in a lot of drama. So this was a step, you know, toward real acting for Kid Cudi. I was very excited to see him here. And then him and Ariana Grande they had that uh, concert. Yeah, yeah, they had a concert. Uh, Don't look up the song that was made just for the film, and uh, he hums throughout it. My my soul mm-hmm. left my body and then came back, so I could finish the movie. Um, so I I enjoyed Kid Cudi and Ariana Grande in this film. In this film, and, and they were acting as other people. Yeah. They were not being themselves. Chappelle, did we need the concert sequence in the movie? I felt like that was one of the slowest parts of the second half of the movie. Um. Yeah, it was. It was like a random interstitial that nobody could mm-hmm. see coming. Um. But I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Like it, it's. It's again one of those things where you want. If Ariana Grande wants to sing, you let her sing. You know. I guess she, so. she sings that well. Was just there a soundtrack for the movie? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Don't look up yeah. the soundtrack. A couple songs, but this is definitely song. the big one. They're trying to do like an. They're trying to. They want this song to win like the best song at the Oscars. I wonder if that's going to happen. But the, the, I was looking at the lyrics. They, they, they are kind of funny. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know if this is going to make the pop charts. Nor I don't know if they're trying to. Um, but yeah, with, with this kind of part, I, I, like like you, Rob, I 
I started the, the scene started and I was like, all right, yeah, I get it. It's kind of funny. And then the scene kind of just kept going and I was like, oh, wow, I'm really just watching this song right mm-hmm. here. Okay. Yeah. And then it like <laughs> yeah. cut so abruptly. Yeah. And then it's just, we're on to the next. Then I'm like, okay, sure. Does, did this really matter? Like, and I also wonder, like, what do you think is the take on this scene? Like, is it about the positivity of artists who want to step in and do what's right? Is it about the meaninglessness of artists, you know, wanting to do what's right? Or is it kind of just about how, you know, they're all kind of just, you know, I'm trying to find a better word than vapid, but just kind of, it's kind of, it's, what is it? See-through. It's transparent. It's kind of just like, all right, it's fake, you know, it's, it's fake action rather than, you know, real action. You know, I, I, I don't know what that part was ultimately about. Well, I don't know about what you guys thought. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I thought it was just when, a flex to say, hey, we've got Ariana Grande performing in our movie. No, <laughs> this is social commentary, Rob. The the song is like, basically it starts off almost like a love song where you're like, just look up. There's no, you know, there's no place to hide. All this other stuff. True love doesn't die. All this other stuff. But then by the second verse and Kid Cudi's voice, they're, they're really saying, get your head out of your ass and listen to the qualified scientists verbatim. Verbatim, yeah. that is the lyric. Yeah. Listen to the very, quiet, very qualified scientists. So it's kind of like, yeah, they're sprinkling in their own agendas throughout the song. Um, and I don't think that's abnormal. I think artists do that a lot, you know, whenever they have, or even, you know, whether it's media, what like songs or videos or whatever, or film, you know, something like this, to where they take people with influence, like a Meryl Streep, like a Leonardo DiCaprio, like a Ariana Grande. And then they say, okay, here's the message we want you to push. Now push it. And that's what they did here. They took cool people who were just popular in the media because they were having a very public breakup and they're two megastars. And then they said, okay, now take that same energy that bottle that up and then like just pour it out all over this uh, big social issue that's going on that we need people to pay attention to. And so, yeah, they managed to like disguise their message in the form of a pop song. Um, no different than how this movie is dis- disguising its message in the form of a Netflix film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chappelle, is there a lot of buzz about don't look up on the Twitter streets? Nah, I haven't seen nothing about it. I mean, like, I think, I think it kind of gets the point pro- across to the point where it's not really a lot of discourse. Like yeah. even as a podcast, like what are we going to do joke about the jokes? They're already jokes, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, and especially, those- yeah. Twitter is like with this, don't look up. It's like, yeah, we've been new. We know, we know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody wants to relive the pandemic. I, I watch a lot of television as y'all both know. And there are some films and, and TV shows that completely ignore the pandemic and they just, there's nothing there. There's no mask. There's nothing. And I like those shows, but I can't really enjoy them because the whole time I'm like, look at these people. They ain't got no mask on. Mm-hmm. Like, like, or why are you all up in that person's face? Like, could you keep, could you get back? Like in, in the real world, we're not dealing with stuff like that. Yeah. And I haven't been able to separate myself from, from that feeling, but there are other shows where they completely lean into the pandemic and they're like, like Grey's Anatomy had a whole COVID yeah. season. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not oh. watching that. Chappelle, I, don't need it. <laughs> I watched this uh, Sex in the City reboot and they were like, oh, remember when we had to like social distance and wear masks everywhere? I was like, uh, what world are you ladies living in? Read the uh, room. Yeah, read <laughs> yeah, the room. Exactly. Read the room. Doc, we did, uh, we talked about you. Season three of you oh, on Netflix. Like, what did you say about me? Yeah, we, yeah, we definitely, <laughs> talk, me and Phil talked about you off air, but mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, we talked yeah, about we you on Netflix. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and in season three they said this exact thing they said oh yeah COVID's going on but we're rich we already got the cure for that we don't really have to worry about that we mm-hmm. already vaccinated yeah. you know 
And that's the same message that this thing is doing. Like, yeah, while y'all are panicking about this, certain rich people are already trying to make moves to set themselves up for the next big disaster or to get past this because they have the money to do so. And so, yeah, read, read the room. We're t- mm-hmm. I'm tired of hearing about the pandemic, but I'm also tired of living in it. So I really mm-hmm. want us to get that figured out so that we can move on. Yeah, just an interesting production note. Uh, so the production of this film, like uh, this was all like uh, done pre-COVID. And I don't know how much necessarily like COVID COVID, like influenced well, any of like or if they start the the scre- uh, story and everything is all pre-covid and then they yeah. they, they started production uh after covid yeah yeah they, they it, the script originally was supposed to just be about climate change like it was written for leonardo dicaprio because you know he loved the climate change stuff but then after covid and they're supposed to start shooting like in march 2020 but then covid broke out and then they reworked the script to kind of be both about covid and climate change and it, so it's kind of like in that weird weird middle spot but i think they kind of they kind of figured it out i, I would say yeah maybe yeah <laughs> No. Um, that uh, I'm just looking up. Uh, I looked up the "Don't Look Up" hashtag, and I see a tweet from Al Gore, uh, who said, uh, "Don't look up." Premiering today is an instant classic, a powerful and hilarious allegory about the climate crisis and how we react to increasingly dire warnings. Don't miss it. And Leo retweeted to say, "Proud mm. to play a character who, like Al Gore and many climate scientists and activists, relentlessly fights to communicate the urgency of the issues affecting our planet." Hashtag. Don't look up. Wow. Okay. Leo, tell us you and Al Gore are friends without telling us that you and Al Gore are friends. Like, he was like, look at me. I'm talking to the vice president. Like, okay, we get it. We get it. Y'all have the same views on this one. But the word classic is being used so flippantly here um, because I think a classic film is something that I would rewatch. And there is no world where I would rewatch this film. And I'm not <laughs> no saying it's a, it's not, I'm not saying it's a bad film. I'm saying it was fine, but it was also very distressing in a way that wasn't greatly entertaining it was fine um and going back and watching this film ain't gonna do nothing but remind me that uh we may or may not all be doomed depending on what disaster is upon us and so yeah i'm good with this one what about you phil yeah if i ever watch this film again i'll venmo both of you a hundred bucks because i I don't see a world where i'm like oh yeah let me pop on that that classic uh, don't look up let's talk about the ending because we haven't really talked about the actual ending of the film where basically uh the bash plan is going to be uh, a big fail uh it's it's not going to work the way they thought and so basically uh the comet is going to hit the earth and we really end up seeing how uh Leo ends up uh returning home with Jennifer Lawrence's character and also with Timothy Chalamet plus uh Dr. Oglethorpe uh shows up and they end up sort of just having like a quiet uh potluck dinner Chappelle Yeah I mean, what else can you do, really? Like, it's not like, again, what am I supposed to do? Put on my Superman cape and go stop it my damn self? It's like, no, mm-hmm. uh, it's coming. There's nothing else I can do. We prayed on it and I'm hungry. So uh, spend time with your loved ones. Have Cherish that time that you have with whomever you are with. And then um, die. I guess that's that's the film. Um, I I enjoyed that aspect of it, though, because it's very real. Um, there's a lot of disasters that go on every day, like like you mentioned, climate change, and whether what, regardless of what side you live on on the that debate, it's still largely not your like anything that you alone can fix, right? You can, alone could try to help, you know, make those changes or you know whatever. 
but you can't get up off, off your couch and go like, oh, I'll put a stop to this right now. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you still got to go back to the things that you hold dear and hope for the best. And, yeah, we saw Leo leave the side of, of Kate and go back to, well, <laughs> well, to Kate, but leave Kate Blanchett and go back to his wife who says, yeah, I cheated on you once, too. It's, it's all good. Like, the world's about to end. No sweat. And so, yeah, they had a family dinner. Chalamet prays, um, kind of look around, and as they're having their conversation, uh, yeah, it hit. Boom. Mm-hmm. That, and that's a wrap. Everybody dies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I, I thought that that was honestly one of the strongest parts of the film, especially kind of going back and revisiting some scenes, honestly. Just I, I, because I think that, yeah, like you're saying, it, it, of course, we can there's so many big things going on. And I, I think overall, Adam McKay is basically saying we're doomed. So yeah, focus on what's most important to you. I just love the small little moments talking about like the apple pie. You know what I mean? I like homemade apple. I like the store-bought apple pie better than the homemade apple pie. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's about the little things in life that ultimately matter because that's all you kind of have because we're the world we know and the world we love is not going to exist anymore, you know, very shortly. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a very, very strong part. And even with the Chalamet prayer too, um, I, I like when I first kind of was looking at the film, I, I, I thought he was an un- unnecessary character. But I do think that his religious aspect is is one part of the film that, you know, they didn't really go into it that much. But it is kind of like sometimes people need religion because there's no one else they can really trust. You know what I mean? And kind of having that one thing to rely on um, can kind of make you, you know, comfort you and, and, and make you feel better in the times of most distress. So I also thought that was a, a really, really strong part of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I'd agree that with Chalamet's religion at like aspect, he was laying at one point, he was laying next to Jennifer Lawrence, who he just periodically makes out with throughout the film, because <laughs> why not? They're about to die. Okay. Um, and he says to her, like, do you really believe the world's going to end? And she's like, yeah, I'm the one who discovered the comet. And he goes, yeah, but like, like, seriously, you believe the world's going to end? And she's like, yeah, again, I, it's coming. It's going to kill us. He's like, oh, okay. And then he just goes back to talking about like his upbringing and how he's religious and this, that and other. It's like, he's talking to the person. He's literally looking the person in the eye who, <laughs> who found this and saying, mm, like, I like you, but I don't think I'm going out like this. You know, it's like that last bit of hope or that last bit of like, like grasping on to what you hold dear. And it was for him, his faith, you know, he's like, uh, I've, I've been practicing whatever for however long. And I just feel like, or I was raised this way. And so I just feel like this is not how I'm going out. Like, this is not how I've been taught. I'll be okay here. Like we're going to pray and things are going to work out because I just don't see this for me. And at the end of the day, he ends up praying as the world is ending. Um, they have dinner and then he goes out. I mean, like it's like you don't know how it's going to end. You can hope, you can study up, you can dream, you can pray on it, but at the end of the day, it's the end. And so uh I thought Chalamet brought a lot of nuance to that, especially when he's in this room full of these amazing actors. I'm talking about you got DiCaprio, J-Law, and Chalamet all at the table. I'm like, you got to get some good acting chops out of them. And all they were doing were talking about store-bought pies. Um, so I liked the scene a lot. I thought that you, if you want to bring the super friends together in a star-studded film or whatever, like maybe don't use them for this. 
Um, mm-hmm. But you know, maybe like a, maybe like Red Notice. You know, uh, maybe do a Red Notice. Uh-oh. Yeah, a heist. <laughs> yeah, do a heist film if you're going to give me Meryl Streep, Chalamet, DiCaprio, and J Law all in the same film. Um, but in this moment, in that last scene, I did think that they hit the mark. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just wondering after we watch all this, maybe uh, Leonardo DiCaprio should be the president. No. Hey, listen, he's Think the next it. Al Gore, Think right? Think about it. I mean, I, um, personally, yeah. do, do we want... <laughs> Never mind. I don't the, know. No. The thing is, <laughs> there'd be no first lady. You know what I mean? Hey, there'd be the, uh, I feel yeah. like a rotating you know, first a, lady. Can't have a bachelor president. <laughs> You can't have a bachelor president. Come on. Like I, that, I don't think Leo would get married even for the presidency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, do you remember the Buchanan presidency? <laughs> yes. Yes. The bachelor, the bachelor president. Yeah. 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 Leo having like, yeah, the answer is no. No. The answer is no. Okay. That's fine. just all I can say. Fine, you talk no. about Jennifer Lawrence. She must pay for the crimes against humanity from the role of Mystique. Mm. So until she's done that, she will not know peace. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Um, all right. Anything else on don't look up Chappelle that you want to say? Uh, no, I, like I said, I think the, the film speaks for itself in a way. Like, like I said, it's, it's a social commentary, mm. but it's very on the nose. Like there's no way around it. There's no way you don't leave that film knowing yeah. that there is a story being told to you and you're supposed to understand it or else. Um, yeah, I, I just like, I, I get it. I, I, I get it. I just feel like that. Like, uh, like if, if, if don't look up is climate change, like I almost feel like that it's sort of the opposite of climate change. Like there are certainly parallels, but like, it's sort of like, okay, this is a very specific thing that is happening in a very specific time. And there is a specific course of action that needs to be taken. And I feel like that climate change is sort of like, uh, a, like, uh, it's happening. We don't really know when, like, uh, that it's, it's, it's real, but like, uh, it's hard to say exactly when, when it's happening. And more specifically, I think it's like very hard to say like what the exact like course of action that we need to be taking is like I know that there are definitely like uh like some steps that are agreed upon, but I think it's also hard to say like exactly like what what those steps are, and I feel like that not even like the stars of the film would be able to like uh like concisely like okay sure cut greenhouse gases okay but you know how how are we like doing that in our everyday lives and you know uh like is um you know uh Leonardo DiCaprio like uh not flying in private jets uh like uh different places around the world so i like i think it's uh not exactly like a one to one for you know how do you stop climate change uh versus how do you stop a comet yeah i think it's for this is more like where do you turn to to get the ball rolling mm-hmm. on those things? Like, yeah, there's some things like for a comment, there's nothing we can do. Like yeah. uh, the, the individual does not have a lot to, to offer in that situation, except to magnitude. Those people are beating the drum about it. Like make sure that everyone knows so that you can get the people up top to make the necessary changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but something like climate change, uh, again, it's a political um, like a political argument in a lot of ways. Like so some people say like you could say like, yeah, it exists. And some people say, no, it doesn't. Okay. And yeah, let, let's not ignore to... science. I think that that's an important message of the movie. Like, let's listen to like when the scientists are shouting things and uh, like uh, acknowledge. I think that's sort of like a big first step. Yeah, get the people up top 
to agree that there are changes to be made and then take and start to implement those changes on a larger scale. So yeah, we can cut back on like our carbon emissions and like we can, um, you know, change the way we live on a micro level, but on a macro level, you do need buy-in from the higher ups. And so, uh, I think that is another reason why the film starts the way it does. They go to, they, they go basically directly to the president. I mean, they, they make one stop at NASA <laughs> like through a conversation at NASA, like, hey, just to just to run the data past you, and and NASA's like, okay, we need to talk to the president because this is one of those things that it's such a massive undertaking mm-hmm. that we have to go to the top. There's nothing that you, the one person, can do alone, you know. And so, uh, yeah, it's um, the film does leave you in a in a situation where you're thinking, like, well, am I just hopeless? Am I just helpless? If something happens, I'm just gotta die. Like that's it. Uh, but. I think there are ways that can be discussed and they are exercised throughout the film. It just doesn't work successfully due to other means. And so I think, you know, as a whole, the film does get there. It's just, again, for me, it's very heavy, not like heavy, like, Oh, it's a depressing film to watch, but it's very heavy handed. Like they're pouring it all over you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, that does not make a classic film. Yeah. uh, I think that like with the climate change thing, of course, you know, the, the the comet is coming down and everyone can see it. And so I think with that same parallel, we do have evidence and like video proof of the fact that climate change is real. And of course people can still deny it, you know? And so I, I kind of saw that parallel, but I also think that like agreeing with you both, like in the bigger picture, I think that the thing with this film is that the, the, its heart is in the right place, but at the same time, again, like the people that need to make the decisions are the higher up, the billionaires, the lawmakers, the one percent. You know what I mean? And I don't think any of them are going to watch this film and be like, "Oh snap, dang, they got a point." Wow, okay, that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my mind. You know what I mean? So that kind of does make the whole thing a little bit futile. But I also, at the same time, I, I think that if the film was more subtle. I think the point would be kind of lost. Like I, I do like that the point that the film is banging you over the head nonstop with like, we're doomed, we're doomed, we're doomed. And you know, that's kind of it. And I, I also just think that like, I can't get mad at him for, you know, making something that he cares about, that he's passionate about, even though I do agree that it doesn't mean anything because no one's going to change their mind. Like no, this is not going to change any minds of anybody. You when know. you say um, that he's making something that he's passionate about, are you talking about uh, Adam McKay or are you talking yeah. about Leo? I think both of them. I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, uh, especially Adam McKay, but I, you know, I think Leo's wanted to do it like a climate change film for a long time. And I, I guess this, I don't know if this was the best one he could have. I don't, this definitely isn't the best one he could have made, but I guess it is still something that, that he's passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, that you, you want to do something that's going to get people's attention. You want to have a bunch of uh, different stars in it that are going to uh, check out the movie. But I don't know necessarily uh, to you know speak to your points, like uh, if it's going to necessarily like if there is going to be someone who is going to see this film and be converted. I feel like that, like many things, it's sort of like, you know, people just, you know, uh, you know, where uh get out the pom-poms and for whatever side that they are already on uh will be you know even further on their side yeah right. uh, I, I, I don't know i feel like there are certain things that i'll see and i and i'm just speaking for me that will sway my opinions about things or in a way that make me look at things a little bit closer and I've, i feel like i've become a better person because of my ability to do that right like so i can watch a film and say like although i don't like xyz this part does make me think, and maybe I'll look into that some more. So maybe there is a group of people who will watch this film. film. 
No, no, what? Yeah. No, but okay. I'm saying for the people who already did not agree with a lot of the aspects of something like this film or like other things in life where they see stuff and they're like, they kind of write it off as like, I don't, that's, that ain't got nothing to do with me or I don't know nothing about that or that, you know, that's not a big deal. Sometimes you do, you see that one thing and you're mm. like, wow, you know, like this is a massive deal and I just have been missing it. And so hopefully uh, because I think that is the that's the ultimate goal of the film. I don't think it was just to complain. I think it was actually to try to sway some people's thinking and make people look deeper into themselves about their place in the world when it comes to climate change or other natural disasters or, you know, just disasters um, for that matter. You know, and so, yeah, I think if that's the goal to get people thinking, then somebody will think when they see this, you know, and so. I think that it will be a success in that way. But as far as just a film, like maybe they'll be showing this in science classes for, for years to mm-hmm. come moving on. And this will be just like a thing you maybe. show at school in fifth grade. Yeah. But yeah, but aside from that, like, no, this isn't like, no, I'm, I'm, well, yeah. I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I don't want to say that there, there isn't media that can do uh, what you're talking about. I just feel like that this particular movie, I feel like that it's either like, if you are already somebody who feels, uh, you know, some type of way, uh, that you are either going to say like, see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Or you're going to be like, Oh no, this is stupid. Uh, this is, uh, like, uh, you know, that I, I like, uh, like, I don't get it, whatever. Um, I, I don't know how many people it's going to convert, uh, to, uh, the message of the film. Yeah. Right. I, I think cause it's so cynical in its nature, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very, very much so kind of pointing and laughing at the people that, you know, the, the, that, I guess Adam McKay doesn't like, you know, again, like the, the tech people and the, you know, the, the, the lawmakers. So I, I think because of that, it, it is kind of, it, I don't know if it will convert people because I think it'll turn yeah. some people well, off. And, you know? and maybe if anything, maybe it further like evangelizes people that felt uh, like that. Okay. Now I need to be acting with even more urgency because of uh, the film. So, so maybe that is the intended message and maybe that does get the result that Adam McKay is hoping for. Right. Maybe. But uh, I'm more with Phil on this one. Maybe you get that polarizing reaction where someone makes a don't look, don't look down. You know, the answer to don't look up, you know, and it's just a film that's basically the exact opposite. Where it's like, you got this crazy person with their tinfoil hat on just beating the drum about this, this thing that's going to happen that never happens and everybody prepares for it. And I should stop talking because I think someone's going to steal my idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Chappelle, looking ahead to next week mm-hmm. uh do we have Looking anything up. in the hopper uh for the uh netflix nothing but netflix next week um so we did get a few requests i actually have to pull up my twitter to look at that but rob we yeah. are blessed with a film expert on the panel today and so i have to ask phil thompson do you know what we should be talking about next on nothing but netflix Ooh, you put me on the spot. I I, I don't know what, do what's it. coming up on Netflix next week. I don't know if you guys have like okay. a schedule. Yes, yes we have of a schedule. Course. Okay, so, all right. So, uh, just uh, we'll give you the top 10 and then we'll give you what's coming next week. Uh, so, uh, number one, don't look up. Uh, okay. Number two is The Witcher. Uh, Mike Bloom and Angela Bloom are covering that over on uh, the post-show recaps. Uh, new episodes of Emily in Paris. Oh, yes. Fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we also have a lot of Christmas stuff. Uh, we're not watching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. We have uh, the Queen of Flow. Queen of Flow. What That's is a, that? It looks like a, uh, a telenovela. Uh, may have subtitles. I... 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. Si me gusta. Uh, we have daughter from another mother. Okay. That's a show. We have to stop white people. That's a show. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's take a look at now uh, on the new and popular tab. They tell us about what's coming up this week and coming up next week. Coming next week, Chappelle, are you interested at all in the hype house? I've heard things about the hype house. Now, is this like similar to the 20 somethings Austin that we already covered, or is this a completely different concept? Uh, so apparently the hype house is a, uh, mansion where TikTok stars, uh, make content. And so, uh, they are going to be like seeing a little bit more of like the behind the scenes life. I think that's coming January 7th. So I think that's a, probably a little bit further out than, uh, would be for us next week. So oh, that yeah. might be s- more on the radar for two weeks from now. Yeah, I see January 14th. I, I did just think of something, though. If you guys are actually looking for something. We, um, we, I, we, I can assure you, Phil, we are. <laughs> there's, a, there, there's a new film coming to Netflix on the 31st called The Lost Daughter, which is I haven't seen it yet, but I, it's directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's supposed to be like a really, really fantastic thriller. I heard it, it's, it's getting some Oscar buzz. I, and I, I've only heard really, really great things about it. It's coming on the 31st and. I don't know. Maybe look it up and maybe see. It's got D- Dakota Johnson's going to be in it. Maybe you guys are interested in that. I don't know if you guys. What, what's it called? The Lost Daughter. The Lost Daughter. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cerebral, okay. understated, intimate. Oh. Okay. That, those those words have been used to describe this very podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So you have my attention. Okay. But also, I haven't seen it, so I can't fully a hundred percent vouch for it. I'm just saying I've heard good things. But mm, also, okay. you know, don't take my uh, don't one hundred percent take my word for it because I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> happy says, feet too. Uh, yes, happier feet. That's, that's coming to Netflix uh, this week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, also something that might be a commentary on global warming. You know, just not to throw happy feet under the bus, but there's a mm, message there too. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, you look up halfway through the film and you're like, "Wait a minute. Yeah. I thought this was about tap dancing penguins." Yeah. But okay. Chappelle, um, uh you have an interest in uh the new season of Queer Eye is coming to Netflix. Season I don't have any personal interest Friday. in it. Yeah, no personal interest in it from me, but uh if we have a good guest who wants to talk about it, I, I don't mind. Uh I it's been on yeah. forever. I feel like the like- show has been on for, since the beginning of time. Yeah, I mean, the original uh, Queer Eye for the straight guy back in 2004, I think, was when that was on Bravo. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, season six of, I guess, the new one. Yeah, but when I say beginning wow. of time, I definitely meant 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and this is like the second or third iteration, I think, of it, or like crew that they have, a very... Yeah. Very much like a popular show, but I haven't heard a lot of buzz about it either, but we can put a pin in that as well. Maybe somebody will volunteer as a tribute to co- talk to us about the show because I can't, I have to admit, Rob, I'm not very familiar with it. Um, I don't yeah. know if you've watched a lot of episodes no, of that I, show. I, I, mean, I used to watch the old one, but that I feel like that our sweet spot, though, I feel like has been through most of uh, the run of Nothing But Netflix has been talking about uh, the Netflix reality. I feel like that really oh, when yeah. they've dropped the new reality show, I feel like that uh, we've been on it. 
we we have been at the forefront of that. Um, you still have the option, Rob. I know it'll be a couple days after, but we still could wrap up 2021 with death. I'm to open to it. If people have seen it and they think it would be fun to talk about, I think that uh, we were concerned that with 2021 not being a super fun year, but li- we literally just spent an hour and a half talking about a movie about the end of the world. So, um, you know, <laughs> it can't be more bleak than don't look up. I that feel like true. you guys should do it. I mean, uh, we'll maybe wait for the reactions, but I mean, again, if you guys were able to do go through this, then, you know, maybe death to 2021 could have some good stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> so we love to hear from you. Let us know on Twitter and uh, we love to get your feedback and tell us uh, what you'd like to hear us talk about next week on the first nothing but Netflix of 2022. Can you believe it? Chappelle? No, I can't believe it. I, I always think back to the, that time you fired me from the RTP Rewind. I know. Um, yeah, and I was like, what am I going to do now? Like, how am I going to feed my children that I don't currently feed or mm-hmm. have? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, to, to come this far and have you know this spot as your co-host, I'm Look at us. so happy. We're, we're so eating grateful. every week. Rob, literally eating because of the money that you give me to do this with you. Um, but no, seriously, Rob, thank you so much for letting me go on this Netflix journey with you. I'm hoping Are that we can do a fun? lot more of You want to keep doing it in 2022? I'm having the time of my life. What are you talking about? Chappelle, we got I love Phil it. Thompson I love it so much. Phil, we have Phil Thompson. Yeah. I feel like because I watch one show on Netflix every week, I feel like that I know what's going on in the world. Yeah. I, honestly, you have to. <laughs> Give the credit to Phil Thompson. If it was not for uh, like Phil's like excitement about the uh, like those little kids on the ranch, like I don't think we would have gotten here. So Phil, mm-hmm. like I have to give you all the props in the world for kind of getting this ball rolling. Mm-hmm. I've been super, super happy to see the the just you two just evolve and just go crazy with it and have just have so much fun. And I'm so glad that you guys are doing this show. It, 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 it's awesome. It's awesome, Phil. What have you been working on besides uh, rating thousands of movies on Letterboxd? Um, so I, I just graduated college. And so I Yay. just moved to New York, um, you know, trying to find my footing there, you know. And so I, I've been working. What's you know, life like in the big city, Phil? <laughs> uh, is it, listen, uh, starting out, you know what I mean? I had my bag. I came off the bus. Have I you run into Jacob I, Jones? I haven't yet, but I think he just it, moved, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, but if you run into Jacob Jones, kick him in the shin from me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that guy, swift kick in the mm-hmm, shin. Mm-hmm. It's been good. Yeah. Uh, I definitely will do that. But I'll say Chappelle told me to do that. I won't. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, I don't really want to do this. I like, I, I like you, Jacob, but I just told totally. me <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been good, and I'm hoping that COVID, you know, gets a little bit better. You know, oh, me too. Come, going into next year wouldn't that be kind of nice wouldn't that be really great where i could I, so and i hope that you know if, if you guys end up doing a survivor event that would be awesome but again we'll see how covid I'm will be slow play it phil yeah. i'm gonna listen to the science on this one <laughs> once, once leo and jennifer lawrence tell me it's good that's it i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna rush into these things yeah i think that's that's the right i've call. waited i waited i, I listened to the science yeah. Sit and assess. I yeah, well, sit and assess, exactly. and then and then when and then once the coast is clear, I'm gonna wait a little bit more. <laughs> that's what COVID does. It's like, oh, it's mm. fr- like uh, gonna come out now. Like, uh, all right, and that's when it gets you. It's a hundred percent over. Well, maybe seventy percent. We'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I think, you know, just taking the time off of the podcast for a little bit, I, I haven't been able to really talk about the shows, but I've been enjoying them from the side, which has been really great. And I'm excited to, you know, talk a little bit more about a little bit about more in them in the future. What about celebrity big brother? Bill? Oh, that's going to be great. I'm so excited for that. There's no cast yet, right? No cast. No, no cast yet. All right. Yeah. That's going to be, I love celebrity big brother. Mm-hmm. I love so, metal world peace. He, he was given, he was giving me everything I needed. So I'm excited for another season. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm hearing is that Phil is going to be on the podcast for Celebrity Big Brother. That's what I'm hearing, for sure. Phil? Oh, of course. Okay, okay, we got it here. Scoops. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. I mean, if you guys will have me, I love to talk about celebrities. Right. So okay. let's do well, it. This is huge. The 2022 is off to a great start now, Chappelle. Already, we, I'm excited. There we go. My Christmas present. It's, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll that's, see that's what happens. Our Christmas present. Okay. Uh, Chappelle, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, not any that I can talk about yes, on the podcast. Okay. I, I'll text you. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I still have a few days to come up with mine. Mm, I've been working on mine for a few months. I've been laying the groundwork for, for it. But um, in 2022, uh, I plan on just really leaning into this resolution that I got. So okay. um, I, I will wish you the best of luck with your endeavors as well. But Rob, I think I'm down to only one podcast now currently. What? Oh, yeah, well, they're going to come out of the woodwork now. <laughs> I don't know about that. Like uh, this this week, Insecure is uh, on, H- on HBO is ending. So we will no longer be covering that on post show recap. This is the last episode of the that season of Insecure, the final season. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wrapping that up. But uh, Sasha and I also wrapped up recording. Uh, Never have I ever on Silent Podcast. So that's gone too. This is the last episode coming up this week. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And with The Walking Dead currently kind of out of commission for the time being, it's just me and you, Rob. What do you want to do? Okay, good. Uh, you want to go go five days a week on this? Yeah, let's do it every day. Phil Thompson, me, you, and Phil, five days a week. Phil, you, uh, you, how, what's your schedule looking like? <laughs> I'm in. Okay. <laughs> Got it. I mean, the Chappelle, he's watching all these movies and then just uh, only just go posting about them on Letterboxd. Right. Like, it's this is an audio medium, Phil. Like, we'd like to hear you talk about it. Right. So, uh, yeah, we could do it for a week. It could be a project. We for a week, we just let Phil take us through all the movies that he watched that week. Movie you know, week, like that. Yeah, movie week, and then we don't even have to watch the movies. Phil's just going to explain it to him. We ask a bunch of ridiculous questions that make us sound dumb. Mm-hmm. Put it on Earth, the wheel. Yeah. yeah. What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, it's a Renap idea for sure. Okay. All right. Well, we just dropped a Renap uh, this weekend as well, where we went on the website Fiverr and we purchased a bunch of things on Fiverr and we got to review what was going on there. Chappelle, uh, Sam Moore even stopped by to uh, explain uh, what we bought. Who was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we uh, checked out everything from we did part one last week where we bought the things on Fiverr. And then uh, this week we opened up all of our presents from Fiverr. So check that out on Robin Akiva. Need a podcast. Uh, let us know what you want to talk about uh, or us to talk about next week on Nothing But Netflix. Uh, in the meantime, hope you have a safe and happy new year take care everybody have a good one bye